When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You better dance for my class of rebels Cause you know we came to blast when we smashed the metal Brooklyn, that's how we doing it 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 Hey, yo, 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 what's up? Welcome to another live podcast of the On Everything podcast Uh we got a lit show today. I'm super excited. Hey, Ella, what's up? What's going on? Hey, everything's good. What's everything with you? Everything is good. I, I'm just taking it easy. I had a really good week. Um, I'm super excited about the show today. Uh, we got yeah, um, me too. We have my pastor and my mentor, uh, Pastor Tillman, joining us. He's just finishing up a class, so we just waiting for him to finish that and jump on with us. But okay. until then, like we could just uh, talk about our week. How is how is your week t- this week? How is everything? My week is good. So my daughter, as soon as we get off here, or not too long if we got off after we get off here, I'm going down the road. She is graduating from college today. Really? Super excited for her. Yeah. Wow that that is super. And to cool. you, the real HU. That's for my my Howard my Howard um alumni my friends they say they're uh, the real hu so she's graduating from hampton u wow proud that of is dope that is dope that is um, yeah that's a beautiful thing it's good to see you know our, our children prospering you know you always want to see your children get ahead in life i mean you know that you know that's there's nothing more that a parent asks for than that that's you know, everything it's everything yes so we can get started before he gets here. I mean, I know our topic is um, well, it's faith and love, and it's also um, waiting on God, like when you yes. need answers. Mm-hmm. So I think um, we can start off there as far as, you know, mm-hmm. people have different faiths and people come from different faiths. And there's some people who just believe in a higher power, a spiritual being. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily even call that person or their belief God or things like that. So I think just it is a plethora of religions out here. And I think people get confused and people are just torn because they want to do the right thing. They want to follow. They know there's a higher being. They're not really sure where to go. And that's okay, right? It's it's all mm-hmm. a part of our walk and we're growing all the way through life. It's not a, a year experience, a five-year experience. It is a lifelong experience. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to speak to Pastor Tillman when he gets here because that's one thing I want to know is one, especially with us just getting out of COVID, Everything we're experiencing in the media with police brutality and everything, people, maybe income, financial, everything, right? Everyday life. I think people just want to know, there he is. Hey, Pastor Tillman, how to get to the right place. Hey, Pastor Tillman, what's going on? I don't know if it's me, but it's it's just the sound is distorted on my end. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can can hear you. you. I got so you're clearer now on my end now. 
How's everything? Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to the On Everything podcast. We're so excited to have you here today, big brother. This is my big brother. This is this is my big brother, my mentor. I'm so excited to have him here. I'm so excited to have him here today. Um, this is you know, like this is everything for me, man. Good to have you here, Pastor. Oh man, don't don't do that. <laughs> yo, nah, for real, man. Like I'm yo. trying to figure out how I can get this on speaker so I can hear you through my speaker because I think it's coming through my um I think it's coming through the, the regular phone piece, so it's like mm -hmm. distant, but yeah, I'm using I'll, my I'll, AirPod. I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't usually use StreamYard. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got but it. But you can hear us, Pastor Tillman? I'm turned I figured out uh speak. Now I can. I will be able to. Okay. Speak now. You can hear yes. me now? Yes. Okay, good. We were just talking about before you came on. Um, so glad to have you here. I know the audience is going to be so glad to get some answers to their questions. And we were just talking. Is he here? No. <laughs> so let's remind everybody, work with us. You got to laugh because we're live. So Absolutely. these things happen. Uh-huh. You know, like. Oh, back to, is he here or is he, he's coming back? Oh, he dropped. Yeah, he'll come back. back. Yeah. So oh, what we were yeah. talking about. Oh, there he is. Yeah, sound much better. Hey, Tell me what's going on with you. No, no, it sounds better now. I wanted to make sure I gave you the best experience. Excellent. Before you came on, we were just talking about just, and then you can take it from there. We were just talking about everything that people are going through with COVID, um, the police brutality, financially strapped, losing jobs, all of that stuff, and that how there are different religions and people want to do the right thing, but they don't really know where to go or they don't know where to put their faith in because they're going so much. So it's about, you know, trusting God or trusting whoever your higher power is, how to get through those moments, especially when you may not be able to hear from them and you can't see them. Yeah, well, this season has been very difficult and challenging to everyone's faith, but it's also been eye opening um, and, and maybe because I look at it from a different lens. As as a pastor, the institution has caused us to look at the institution as being God. And because we haven't had access to our institutions, um, we have had to develop real relationships with God. So the scary part is that the institution makes us have relationships with God through the lens of our pastors, our spiritual gurus, our grandmothers, our prayer partners, um, all of those things. So there's like a mediator for us getting to God. But pandemic challenges us to get to God on our own. And that's where the fear is at, because we don't longer have those, those crutches that we can lean on to help us to solidify what we feel is relationship. Um, because we, we've been taught and I'm using first in, in the context of Christianity, uh, the black church experience, that when praises go up, blessings come down. And yes. You got to be at, here on Sunday in order to get your mind right for Monday. But what happens when all of that is not available? And right. God showed us that um, when those things are not available, he's still God. And Absolutely. he's still good. So that's Amen. the first thing. Placing within the context of where do I fit as it relates to my relationship with God? Do I have 
a mediator in between me and God? Do I need the, the installation, the building, in order for me to feel like I'm having a church experience or a God experience? Because God never really called us to church. He called us to be a nation. Exactly. And um, we've, we've, we've gotten away from that. So for me personally, the, the challenge for me was not not um, on that level. My challenge was I realized that because I was so involved in doing the work of church that I've neglected to keep my spiritual house in order. And pandemic, um, you ain't had nowhere else to go, so you either relied on external substances <laughs> or internal substances. <laughs> uh, thank God that during the pandemic, I rediscovered my prayer life. Nice, nice. Um, I think that's true. I think that um, I had a couple of friends of mine ask me um, before I come on here that they're battling. Um, so one is of a different faith, um, thinking about Islam, and another one is Christianity. And I think both of them, and both of them are actually struggling. And I think because it is the thing that internally, if we are called spiritually and we want to do the right thing and we want that close relationship with our spiritual father, whoever believe, whoever that may be, depending on who you are, again, I think it's just a battle because they cannot understand, you know, why is God not talking to me? You know, should I go this route? Should I go that route? How do I know? Because I'm trying to do the right thing. So then if I do the wrong thing, how is that my fault when I'm asking for help, but then I'm not hearing from the Lord and, and sometimes not hearing from the Lord in my weakest hour? Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and that's a great question. And, uh, and I'm glad that you asked that because um, there's, there's, a, there's a term called box day, which means the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And we have we have muted the voice of God in the way that he presents his voice. The reason why people feel like they can't hear from God is because they've watched over the course of our time somebody else be the mouth mouthpiece of God. Mm -hmm. So we want we still want to hear from God. We want to hear somebody say God told them to tell us <laughs> when God speaks through his word. Absolutely. He, he doesn't speak. He has spoken in times past through the voice of a mediator. And now he speaks in his word. The voice of God is heard in scriptures. And the scriptures has prepared us and continues to prepare us for such as times as these. Mm -hmm. So what the enemy does is not only does he attack our prayer life, he attack our study life. And here's our understanding and our and our reading. Like we we felt because we've been institutionalized that we need again a mediator to interpret to us what God is saying through His Word. So now that the mediator the mediator is gone, we saying God is not speaking. No, God is speaking. God never stopped speaking. He spoke in times past to create in creation. He spoke through the death of His Son. He spoke as He called Israel out of bondage. He's speaking now through the word. The voice of God is found in the word. And the word says, mm -hmm. the I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So the believer, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Word of God. But mm -hmm. if there's an absence of the word, mm 
then there's an absence of the voice of God. And and one one of the things that um we often find like difficult or you know in our faith walk because you know like faith is built up like you can't just you know what I mean like you just don't um have that naturally ingrained in you so in that in that walk like sometimes we find that like the struggle is um learning to you know like balance what you can do versus what you know what what you can do yourself versus trusting god to do things for you or to lead you to be able to do things so um what i what i what i see now like is um even you know a, a lot of uh in christianity like um there's always a struggle of like what i can do to make this better you understand what i'm saying like what i can do versus leaning back and trusting god so i i find that to be like one of the most important balances in um in christianity just learning to lean on god as opposed to um trying to achieve things by works you know and, and look, look what he did in the last year though he disarmed us of all of our preacher yes. cultures and mm -hmm. showed us that that we can't do anything mm -hmm. like who is the blesser <laughs> He yeah, is the giver of life, and and humanity uh, has had has had to look in the mirror and realize that we're human. Mm -hmm. Mortality is real when yeah. you when, when millions of people are dying and people can't catch their breath. Mm -hmm. All those things that were, were happening right before us, some of our gurus and and spiritual teachers who refused to stay in the house and said, I'm going to trust God and go to church anyway because God is my keeper and, and I got to give him praise. And then they wound up dead. Yes. Because, like you said, we move. he moves us from faith, the scripture says, from faith mm -hmm. to faith. Mm -hmm. But if our faith is rooted and grounded in that which is untrue, mm -hmm. then our faith cannot be tested and established. Mm -hmm. He establishes his faith in us. But if we're holding on to a lie or we're holding on to a myth that seems to be fake because it worked mm -hmm. for seasons. It might have worked, but now we are compelled to see that everything. And this is why there's always, there's, there's usually a great falling away and then there's a great enlightenment. Mm -hmm. The falling away happens because people start to realize that what we call faith or institutional institutionalized faith may not necessarily align with the word. Mm -hmm. So people get discouraged and they fall away. But in that season of falling away, they become enlightened and empowered because what happens is God reveals himself in us through our disappointment. Mm -hmm. And the, one of the big problems is none of us want to face seasons of drought, disappointment, mm -hmm. and, and despair. We want everything to be um, 90 degrees and rosy and we're looking for something to come down when everything that we need from him is already within mm -hmm. yeah, that, that is true absolutely so we have been conditioned to look up for the blessing lift your hands in the sanctuary and pull down your and, and we, we waiting and people run around shout God showering down blessings and, and, and emotionally I can you know I 
I get it, the imagery. Um, but the Bible declares that he gives us his spirit and he puts his spirit inside of us. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if I'm the, the, the disciples, now, and I'll use this, and I'm, I'm chatty, y'all can cut me off. The disciples <laughs> were looking up into the heavens after Jesus had ascended. And he looks back and he's like, why are you standing there gazing? Yeah. Go and do what I told you to do. Right. right? He gave them the instruction, but they're standing there looking. And, and that's where we are sometimes in our faith. We're standing mm -hmm. there looking. And the Bible says, I will bless the works of your hands. Mm -hmm. But if we don't put our hands to anything for him to bless, then he's not he's not a liar. We're lazy. Mm -hmm. That That's a fact. <laughs> I have a question, Pastor Tillman. That's mm -hmm. true. What if, and because all of this that we're talking about has to do to me with trusting God mm -hmm. and trusting whether, you know, he's trying to show you something, you've got to get up and move, whatever you're doing, you're trusting him that he's going to be with you through it. Now, what do you do when people, and, 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 and I know like in your church and people you come across every day going through all of the trials and the tribulations that we go through on a daily basis and they've been hurt and they've been mistreated and they've been lied to and they've been lied on and just it's one thing after another. So now the human people, the human psyche has broken your trust in a human form, worldly form, right? But do you think that that is part of it too, why people don't trust God? Because I've been so hurt by people in this world, right? I'm not there yet. I'm trying to get to the spiritual thing, right? So I'm still operating in the world and I've been so hurt. So I've been hurt by the world and now you want me to trust somebody after I'm down, down. And somebody who I can't hear, who I've been praying to that, you know, don't allow these people to hurt me or, you know, put me with the right group and the right people so that I can, you know, treat them right and be, you know, um, treated correctly myself. And how am I going to trust you when everything seems like one thing is happening after another and then I can't hear you? And then what do we say? And then what, what I know my family is always taught to is go to the word. And so what are people like, you know, people get discouraged, Pastor Tillman, you know, I'm tired of going to the word. I'm tired of going through this. I'm tired of seeing heartbreak and pain. I need him to speak to me. What do you say to those people? Well, if if they went to the word, they would understand the, the flaw of humanity. Science, because I'm also a yoga instructor and a mindfulness coach. So I, I can take it from three different perspectives, but I'll, I'll combine all of them together. Science calls the human condition negative bias. What science describes as negative bias, we describe as sin. So the negative bias or the sin nature in humanity causes us to not be uh, altruistic towards each other. Mm -hmm. Our, our, the way that our brain is structured, the way that the sin nature has conditioned us is that we do things in exchange for I'll be nice to you in exchange I'm looking for you to be nice to me I say good morning to you in exchange I'm looking for you to say good morning to me <clears throat> so that's that's the beginning and we're using that that's the basics of our problem <clears throat> the second thing if we was to read the word we would understand that suffering human suffering and fellowship 
-hmm. is a part of the struggle of the Christian or the new Israel, the family of God. Mm -hmm. It's so much so that the early church would actually praise God and thank him for allowing them to participate in suffering. Mm -hmm. They weren't being loud on and, and talked about, and, and they were being thrown in fires. <laughs> they were being isolated on Highland. They were being martyred. Mm-hmm. Um, they were being thrown in jail, beaten with lashes because yes. of their faith. And, and this is by human. They were being killed for their faith. And the hotter the pressure got, the more intense their witness became. They didn't go to the pastor, oh, sister so-and-so and them don't like me, right? <laughs> they, they, they didn't see themselves worthy to participate in the suffering with Christ mm-hmm. because he promised them that a part of this walk with him would induce great suffering. Yes. The pragmatic theologian teaches that Everything is going to be all right. And if you suffer this, um, a strain in a relationship with God. So if the guy that I'm looking at on TV is telling me that my suffering impedes my relationship, but Mm -hmm. the Bible is telling me that my suffering verifies my relationship, Mm -hmm. then we can't have no other thing but to produce, but people who don't understand, who run the substance, who abuse ourselves. Yeah. Because the message has been lost. Mm-hmm. What we have to do is recalibrate and recapture the message that suffering, human suffering, is a part of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it intensifies our faith. And sometimes isolation helps sharpen our discernment. That's so, mm-hmm. yeah, that being alone is, is difficult, but you're sharpening your, your tools. I think, you know what? Our audience, so we have audience that are viewing us right now, as you know, and then we have audiences that are listening. They may be driving. So we really need the audience to call in 929-441-2417. Please, if you have any burning questions for Pastor Tillman, I know everybody battles with this daily. So I know there are thousands of questions. Do not be scared. You can be anonymous. Please call in so we can get your questions answered. Again, that's 929 929- Four four one two four one seven, and we're talking about how to keep the faith while waiting on God. And that's the on the on, on the everything podcast sponsored by Sands by Butter. Yeah, so I, and that's one of the things, um, Pastor Tillman, that you know, one of the things that you just pointed out um, that I've learned um, in dealing with my own personal walk with God is that every time I hit a low point my relationship redeveloped or every time, like I was saying, Pastor Tillman, the same thing that you pointed out, every time that I hit a low point in my life, my relationship with God intensified and I got closer to God. And it's because what what happens is like, you know, like I, I went from a comfort, a comfortable, you know, walk to, oh my God, I really need God to, to walk with me through this. So, um, you know, like, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, like one of the lowest points in my life was probably when I got divorced, right? And that was, you know, exactly when I met you, right? Like, and, you know, like, it's like, you know, 
I re- I wrestled with it, you know, because you know, like we're taught, oh, you can't get divorced. It's against our religion, and you know, the Bible t- speaks against it. But then, you know, like there there are legal reasons for divorce, you know, biblical biblical biblically legal reasons for divorce. So, and that's where I had to I had to really wrestle and find myself there. And I was one of the, you know, one of the things that you you know you really helped me out with. You know, like and and not only not just that, but you also, you know, you built me up as a as a preacher and as a man of God as far as studying the Bible. And that brings me to a thought that somebody um somebody wrote in as a question for you. Um uh this is uh Shaniqua. She says, I try to tell my friends about God and they tell me that the Bible is man-made. Mm-hmm. What should I tell them when they when they ask me that, when they tell me that? Agree with because the Bible is written by men, um, but the Bible is written by men again, getting back to that the voice of God or through the spirit of God, through inspiration of God. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if you look at the, the, the principles that are in the Bible that um, help us to manage on our day to day basis, right? And I'm going to use the principles as 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 a way to not to prove the Bible. I never want to prove the word, but yeah. what I will what I will say is that the financial institutions look use the word as a basis to create the way that they save and the way that they do commerce. Mm-hmm. I will say that if we ate according to the way the Bible told us to eat, it would optimize our bodies. Mm-hmm. I will say that if we um, if we did real estate in the manner that the Bible teaches us to do real estate, then we'll be better for it. I would say that if we held the mindset that the Bible teaches, be aware of, mindful of the affairs of others, not looking after your own affairs first, mm-hmm. but the affairs of others, then the world would be a better place. So those principles are not found anywhere else but in Scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're in combination. They're taught loosely in other places, but the scriptures give you the combination, not in isolation. It shows you how to be a holistic person, yes. um, how to deal with your loved ones, how to deal with your enemies, how to deal with um, famine, how to deal with savings, how to be leaders. All of those things are found in the Bible. So if not, if not for anything else, and you just wanted to figure out how to transform your mindset, um, that Bible would be a great place to start. Okay. I've got a major question for you, and I know we're going to be taking a break soon. So before we go, um, we have a comment in the chat from Keisha Dupree. What about the people who feel this goes with, I guess, what I was talking about earlier? What about uh, the people who feel they have suffered enough, feeling like when is enough? Like, when is enough enough? Like, how much more do I have to suffer? How much more do I have to go through to please you to do this? But who are you trying to please? So the well, I think I'm saying that. So let me just say Keisha. So Keisha says, what about the people who feel they have suffered enough and feeling like when is enough? So, but who are we to determine when enough is enough? Mm. So the, 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 the blessing of suffering is that it builds character. Yes. Absolutely. Suffering Absolutely. and patience. Suffering brings out of us what... That pain. Yeah. Like most artists, when they talk about masterpieces, and I'm not talking about these mumble rappers or 
I'm talking mm -hmm. about like art that lasts forever. Mm -hmm. When you listen to the backstory, it came through mounds and mounds of pain, mm -hmm. right? Most of our leaders came through suffering. Mm -hmm. So you can't build anything, not even just your relationship with God. You can't be a business person until you learn how to suffer loss and may have to file bankruptcy, right. may have to do all of those things. But there's something that the suffering, now you got two, two types of people. You got those who, are, who call themselves entrepreneurs and the first sign of suffering, I lost my house, I lost my house, I lost my job, not my job, I lost everything and I'm homeless, right? They were like, well, let me go get a job. But then in some of us, it's like, what could I do next time to safeguard that these things don't happen the next time and we build again. So it is the pain that helps us to contemplate. And the problem is we do a lot of talking, but we don't do enough contemplation. And that's what mindfulness has taught me to, to be silent in my agony, not yes. necessarily rant on social media mm -hmm. or rant to my, my the people around me or mm -hmm. to self-sabotage because the pain is too great. But I'm looking for the lesson in the pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, because most of the things that we go through, like when we go through it, it's not it's not without a purpose. Like so, there's always a purpose to your pain. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, like when when we get down and we go through, like um, I I never forget, and I'm not gonna run you know too long on this, but I remember when um. I had a bout with being homeless. Like, you know, my mom had kicked me out for whatever reason and I couldn't, family members didn't want to tolerate me. And one of the places that I found the safe haven in was my church had noonday prayer every day. So I had something to do with myself every day, you know, in order in, in order to improve my development. Like, and so I went to noonday prayer every day and I prayed and, um, I actually, you know, I got better. You know, I, I actually was better for what I went through. And Gene, that, hold on one second. I, Only, I think we I, can I, ready I, go I, to a break. I know. Hold on one second. Let me finish this thought. Um, not only that, but I got to, you know, get to know other people in their struggles. And at the same time, you know, we, we grew through that together. And now, you know, we're all saved and we're all back with God, which, you know, like, it was something through through my struggle, I became a better person. So as Ella was saying, we're gonna run we're gonna run through the break right now and um we'll be right back with Pastor Tillman, Pastor of One Ministries. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. And we're back. We're back. With Pastor Tillman from One Ministries, um, we so and we're so happy to have him here. You know, like this is a great time for you guys to call in if you have any questions. Um, the number is uh, 
Come nine on. Nine two nine. Four four one two one two four one seven. Thank you. <laughs> you gotta get the numbers, man. Listen, yeah, I wanna I, say I got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna say this is a great um, you know, you guys are doing a, a wonderful work. I'm a podcaster also and I'm really uh I really like what you guys are doing and I just wanna encourage you to keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. And then before we go on, we have to give a really a continuous shout out to our sponsor, Sayings by Butter. She sponsors everything that we're wearing, all of this. So sponsored by Sayings by Butter Clothing. We have to make sure that we do that because she is phenomenal. So I want you all to go out there and buy it. Like I said, we're wearing her gear. So got to give a shout out to the sponsors. Thank you so much, um, Pastor Tillman, for coming back after the break. And we know that you are busy and we just are thankful for this time that you're spending with us. And not only this, we know that you want to say something that is going to change lives. It may be one thing. If it's just one thing that somebody hears today, just that can help them get through or go to the word or be able to deal with a situation that they don't know other way, any other way to deal with, then that's why we're here. And that's what we want to make happen. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a question. And mm -hmm. I think this is the question that I've always been trying to figure out and I got to do some more research on it. But I want to know your thoughts and what you can tell me about. And I'm looking at it now, the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I'm thinking about that because, you know, when people talk about, OK, I know you hear it all the time. The Bible, um, just like Gene said, it, you know, people are concerned that it's written by man. And then they're like, especially other religions and friends of mine, very close friends of mine who I have from other religions are like, how do you know that's true? You missing like 800 pages of the Bible. You know, what about the Dead Sea Scrolls? Where is all this stuff? How can you trust that man has put together everything that you need to know? You can't. Um. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good, I'm glad you said that. Because you can you? No. No, you can't. Um, so, so as it relates to the 66 books, this is, this is my sophomoric answer. It depends on the level of, of, um, conversation that I'm having. And because I do a lot of ecumenical stuff, mm -hmm. Gene would work with me to the United Nations one time. And, and I was like the only, we were the only two black guys in the room. Yes. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we, we were around all different various religions mm -hmm. and, but that's uh, so if I'm not on that level of conversation, but for the, the, the sophomore conversation, my thing is, do you know what's in the 66? Why are you telling me about something else? And you didn't even read the first. Exactly. The first part. <laughs> like, so most people who, who use these excuses never even really fully comprehend what we already have in front of us. So until you can comprehend his, from a historical, literal, and grammatical standpoint what we have in front of us and how they connect, mm -hmm. then we can add those things. And I can show you how those things can help solidify or verify that which we read in these. Because, mm -hmm. because they were not um, implemented, the Catholic Church they, they implemented, but because they were not implemented within the uh, Protestant Bible, does that mean that they don't hold historical context? Because they still give an account of things that are missing in the Bible. Because mm -hmm. there are some holes in the Bible. Yes. There are some things that, that, that 
that have not necessarily been accounted for. And and Paul says, and the rest I'll set in order when he'll set in order when he returns. Mm-hmm. Um, so the holes in the Bible doesn't give us an excuse to not as believers, not non-believers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give us an excuse not to understand what the Bible is speaking to us concerning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, because we want to build in excuses, we make up. And I'll give you a perfect example. I'm running um, a yoga family challenge. That's why I was just coming from teaching yoga, virtual mm-hmm. family challenge. And we're giving away $500 to families to practice yoga together for six weeks on mm-hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Nice. You can go to urbanyogis.org to sign up. We got like five or six more slots left. So you can sign up. Say to the join. name again? Urbanyogis.org. Urbanyogis.org. And our schedule is there. Sign up for the Yoga Family Challenge. Um, so for me, we got the grant. I was like, I didn't want to take the grant money and put it in. I wanted to be able to share the grant money. So this was our way of doing the stimulus, right? Mm-hmm. So the people that signed up from my timeline and from the little advertisement that I did, because we only have enough room for a small amount of people. But Mm -hmm. these are the people that signed up, families that already have money because they value an extra $500 to do work Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes two times a week. They're like, I'll do that. Poor people say, it's Friday. Why you got to run Friday? And it's, only got it's only $500. It's only $500? You can't get more? Because the mentality mm-hmm. is off. And if the mentality is off, how can you produce something that's great when the seed is foul? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a bunch of foul seed people giving input on something that they have no license to speak on. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what it feels like to be hurt in church. Yes. I know what it feels like to hurt people in church. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be hurt on the job. Yes. Mm-hmm. There ain't no different. I know what it feels like to be talked about in church, laughed at in church. I know what it feels like to be laughed at in my vocation. Mm-hmm. I know what it feels like to be last. I know what it feels like to grow up from the bottom. But the mindset that I developed didn't come because I sat and wallowed. Oh, they all laughing at me. My features was too big. My lips was big. My arms was long and I was skinny and I was small. And they, they used to make fun of me. So I'm going to hold on to that for the rest of my life. You're 40 years old. Right. At some point, you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and ask, what can I do to fix me mm-hmm. so that I can appreciate me? And, and the, the oftentimes, again, we're looking externally. So we make up these excuses. What mm-hmm. about the Dead Sea Scroll? What about them? Yeah. <laughs> I got a question. That's uh-huh. true. But also, Pastor Tillman, do you think is that people, like I said in the beginning, you know how people are searching. They mm-hmm. really want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. They're they're kind of they're on the fence. They want to believe in God. They want to believe. They they want to believe. They want to be righteous. And a lot of people feel like they can't be righteous anyway because of our own guilt and our past. Right? That we're mm-hmm. never good enough. Even though God says, you know, you come to God, He'll make you new through the blood of Jesus Christ. But 
people still believe I've messed up so bad. There's no way I can even, I can't even believe these people love me, much less God. So it's like, if I want to do the right thing, I think people get stuck on like you say, instead of maybe taking it and learning what we have. Do you think they get stuck on that because, and they talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls and everything because they want everything, because this time they want everything to do everything right. And they feel like if I don't have everything, what if I miss something? What if I miss something God is 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 trying to tell me and I can't get to it? And 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 that's the state of the, the modern church. Mm -hmm. The state of the modern church and, the, and one of the problems with the modern church is that we want to be right before God. God doesn't call us to be right before. He calls right. us to believe in him. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a difference. God doesn't, God is not calling us to perfection. Romans 5 um, and 1 says that we have peace and access to God through faith. Mm -hmm. We have access to God through faith. Faith now gives us access to God. I said Romans 5. Yeah, it's Romans 5. Faith gives us access to God. Mm -hmm. And we've got a faith. question. Oh, I'm sorry. Faith. Go ahead. Somebody faith, gives us, uh, faith gives us access to God through a word called justification. Jesus didn't die for our sin to make us guilty over our sin again. He right. justifies us by his works, his work is complete. Then if I'm holding on to my works in comparison to who? Trying to please who? Right. The problem is we want to please institutions and the legalisms that they put in place. Mm -hmm. When I grew up in a costume, you couldn't wear makeup. You couldn't wear dresses. You couldn't sit in the seat of, seat of scorn food. You couldn't go to the movies. You couldn't... But you know, I'm from Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ. We took it further. We couldn't wear colored suits. You yeah. know, like we had to wear black suits. Um, so, so those were the works that we we thought that we could be giving God our best foot. But what we were doing was suppressing the best us. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't want our best foot to pr prove to man. He furnishes us on the inside, and okay. He deals with us from the inside. That's right. And then it blossoms to the outside. The outside. We're so concerned with the outer court issues, like the things that, what it looks like, as opposed to what it actually is on the inside. It's just like, you know, a relationship. Um, just like if you're in a relationship, like sometimes we're more concerned about our relationship looking good, but really not catering to the, the everyday, day-to-day -day things that will make your relationship actually a good relationship. So, you know, um we, we getting backed up with questions down there. So I, right. just, I just let's go, let's let's wrap let's wrap them up. Come on, come on. I'm all ready. Right. So you ready? One, all right. I'm so ready. one question was um Kwana, she asked, why are gay people frowned upon in church? They love God too. Well go to one ministries church. We right now we're fully virtual. We don't frown upon gay people actually mm -hmm. um we welcome all people. Uh, that's the website. That was a shameless plug. One Ministries dot church. Uh, we meet for one hour every week on Zoom, um, um, and you can go learn about our church there. 
Uh, we don't. I don't frown upon gay people, but I can understand why gay people are frowned upon because they're an easy target, and and bullies, bullies will beat up on easy targets. Mm -hmm. So, um, and and the other thing, because homosexuality, the sometimes the homosexual is fighting for freedom so much that they over exert themselves, like and make we them don't target. Yeah, and then they become a target. So we like we don't. I don't go around talking about heterosexual. Oh, I'm I'm a heterosexual, right? So because I'm I'm not fighting for anything. Yeah, heterosexual feel, pride. You know. Yeah, like, <laughs> they I'm feel like they they want to be heard, and sometimes they bring the fight to themselves because in there being heard, people are going to say fight against it. So that, that's one thing. But homosexuality didn't just start. The flamboyance of it has intensified um but homosexualities was in the beginning of time absolutely so the next one was um uh do you have to speak in tongues to have the holy ghost and you show me the scripture and i'll and i'll show you <laughs> where it's not true so it's not speaking, true in tongues, speaking in tongues is a part of the gift so when when, when god saves us first of all we cannot believe in Christ except the Spirit of God dwells in us. Mm -hmm. In John chapter 10, Jesus is approached by his cousins, the, uh, the, the Pharisees and scribes who were all Israelites, and they said, tell us truthfully, are you the Christ? And he said, the works that I speak, they speak for me, but you can't believe because you're not my sheep. My mm -hmm. sheep hear my voice and they come to me. That's called irresistible grace. They come because they're of me. You are not of me. You are of your father, the devil. And he furnishes us with the spirit. The spirit opens up our faith. The spirit mm -hmm. allows us to know that that which we are hearing concerning Christ is truth. And the spirit draws us to the relationship, to the full lot of the fellowship. A part of the lot of the fellowship is, he calls some preachers, he calls some teachers, he calls some exalted, he, you know, he gives us these mm -hmm. things in the kingdom. And also a part of our uh, gifting can be, can be the gift of speaking in tongues. Yes. In the Corinthian church, Paul describes a service such as this. He says, I hear that many of you are coming together speaking in tongues, unknown tongues or angelic tongues. Mm -hmm. And he says, Imagine if I walked in off the street. Is it edifying? He said, I would, no. I would prefer that you spoke in tongues to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the language right. between you and God. And your long language in tongue benefits the body nothing. I would prefer, prefer that you speak so people can understand you. And if you speak openly in tongues. This is another gift. Someone in the audience should be able to discern it. Sir, so what you saying? Edifying to the body. Mm -hmm. The doctrine of tongues being the evidence of the Holy Spirit came from the book of Acts as its foundational proof point. Now y'all got me. Uh, Acts 2 and 4. Come on. 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 Come on.
in that in when I was in the Pentecostal church when they were speaking yeah. in tongues and it was like somebody has to be able to interpret because I was like how do I know you know if this is right or wrong but to go to the question um we're going to try to get them thank you guys um mm -hmm. why are so Keisha has why are so many saints bullies because they they had no voice in the streets exactly and they're people yeah they're people. so wherever you go anytime like see like that that sometimes is a problem like when we step into the church, we think that like, okay, we're shielded from things that we deal with in the world. But when you walked into the church, you brought all your imperfections into the church, just like everybody else did. So when you walk into the church, you're dealing with bullies, just like you would deal with in the world. So if you, there's no new online bullies. People been bullies for years. Like it's just bullies everywhere you go. So it's not the church people who are actually bullies or the church, you know, like it's not a church thing to be a bully, but it's the imperfection of men. That makes us bully. And it's more concentrated mm -hmm. because mind you that we're, we're there every week. And usually the bullies bully themselves into position. Yes. So in order to make themselves feel better, <laughs> they, they try to, to minimize you. Especially, and, and this is, this has been something that has um, bothered me over the last four years to five years. Mm -hmm. if, if, if you're not a preacher, if you're not a musician, if you're not... Um, Even a deacon. A, 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 you can go with deacon. Come on. Like, a deacon or some yeah. kind, kind of leadership in the church. The church, in the way that it's structured, doesn't appeal to young black men. Mm -hmm. Because you can't tell a young black man who's strong and going through his adolescent years and he got caught. Now he, he come there, I'm the pastor, you sit down. That ain't going to work. Man. That ain't going to, you're not going to bully him because he or he's in the street fighting mm -hmm. for his life. Now you're going to come someplace that's supposed to be safe. And what is the benefit? Because now we're talking about people saying, well, what am I getting out of the exchange? Mm -hmm. If I'm coming to be hurt, why am I coming? Exactly. You know, yes. And you know what, which kind of goes with that is I was at a church and I work here in D.C., um, but now I'm at another church. But after like 10 years, because I moved, but I worked in the prison ministry for a long time. And what I did see was when young black men came in the church, um, I saw that it, it appeared that they weren't really welcome. And just like you hear songs in our brothers who, you know, um, I can think of Life Jennings. That's the first thing that comes to my mind when he said they won't let a N-I-G-G-A, but they won't let a brother in with these Timbos, you know, Timbal and Boost. It's all bad. Mm -hmm. So my thing is when our brothers and sisters or whoever are seeking God, I want to make sure that when they go into the church, they don't feel like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm so concerned about that because I feel like not all church members, but some church members, I don't know if you're so Christian, you know what I mean? I remember my mother telling me, you know, don't be so high up that you're no earthly good. And mm -hmm. I don't know if they feel like they're above, but when, when certain members come into the church looking for help, do we really help them or are we looking down on them? It's called self-righteousness mm -hmm. for one. And, and people get so far away from their struggles. And a lot of times people are still struggling. So they see 
themselves in that brother who's coming in with the teams, and they don't just don't want they don't want to assimilate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they rather see them wherever they hang out at. Um, mm-hmm. And the the the, the, the problem, which is why I relax. To but it doesn't matter how you come, Pastor Tillman. You come in the dark. No, and and that so we've taken that, that that phrase "come as you are," and we've we've made it, and that that is the phrase for our church, "come as you are." But we are not talking about physical dress, although I am talking about physical dress, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can wear your Timberlands, you can come, like you can come as you are. Um, but I'm also talking about come as you are, broken, because see, if, if I'm doing my job, and a young man comes into the church. And let's say that they were incarcerated. My job is not to let him hold my bag mm-hmm. and stand behind me like a stool pigeon, because that's not where he comes from. My job is to find out and how I can relate what it is that God has done for me mm-hmm. and for others and find it so that he can do it for him. Not right. necessarily making them a minister, but making them a witness. See, right. one of the biggest problems is we remove the title brother and sister and we replaced it with bishop and apostle if we got that to being brothers and sisters then we won't beat each other up because we'll be looking at it from family and brothers and sisters fight exactly but if if we're looking at it from a hierarchy then there's always going to be this level of you can't disrespect me yeah can you imagine if that's the if that's the mindset that christ took on his mission towards the cross when his purpose was to die and they started beating him, and he had the authority to call on angels to end it all, but he didn't call them so that he can cling me of my sin. Mm-hmm. And instead of saying, F them, I'm the pastor, you can't talk to me like that, he looks to heaven and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yeah. Amen. So, um, I'm sorry, I got another question for you. Go ahead. All right, Erica said, I'm a married woman, my husband cheated mm-hmm. on me. I want to. I want to forgive him. I want to work it out. I prayed about it, and it's very hard for me to get over it. What can I do, or what should I do? <laughs> um, Erica, you know that's a very intimate question, but I'll I'll give a broad based scenario. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna be in the relationship, then you have to be in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um. Meaning, you don't forget the impasse, but you don't dwell on the impasse. Because you can't build looking back yeah. in anything. And and um, he and some, some a guy who may be having the same struggle, and she may cheat again. Mm-hmm. But what are we doing? Like, are we trying to build towards something? And if we're trying to build towards something, then how do we uh try to build towards that and find harmony and synergy past those imperfections not that we're given a pass for the imperfection it is that we're trying to get an understanding about why this is going on and happening in the relationship and a lot of times you know when we look back at those silver relationships when we're like oh my mother my grandmother they my grandmother my grandpa was married 50 yeah we look at the 50 years but we don't look at the 10 years when grandpa was sleeping on the couch you know the struggle is real yeah yeah because those are the things that we stuck through Mm -hmm. in order to make those marriages work and then we get to a certain age where 
sexual relationships outside are not even worth it. Yeah. But yeah. what winds up happening, women, and this is this is not even from a biblical standpoint, is that sometimes we make our men better for the next girl. Mm-hmm. That's true. We beat him up. We you cheated. You did this. You did. This. Now it's ingrained in him. Now he's ready to be better, and you can't forgive him. But he's <laughs> giving her all of the energy that that if you would have. And and that's exactly one of the comments that just came across the bottom. Uh, Kwani said, uh, "Cheating shouldn't be the end of the relationship because, again, like you said, like sometimes people fall and they make mistakes. You get back up and." You can actually learn from your mistakes. But if you don't give people opportunity to, then, you know. They'll learn with somebody else. Yeah. Because they, they're not going to not be in another relationship. Right. <laughs> and and they're, they're going to wind up giving the best that they could have given you. And you got it out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're the one that endured with them for that for that pain. And now you're like, oh, look, now he over there treating her better than. No, you mean you, you didn't. You didn't give space for that man to to, to learn. But I think that that's true. But I think that that does happen a lot. But I think that too, the women feel, and maybe it's I don't know if it's the men that women choose, but women feel like, okay, so I stuck with him and I tried as long as I could. And yes, I probably did make him better for the woman. But why is it that I had to go through that and get him ready for somebody else? Why isn't that? You know, we couldn't work together. How's it that I put in so much and now he's ready for somebody else, but I was the one that went through the struggle. And it happens on the male side too. Because we all mature at different times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, sexual maturity and immaturity are not necessarily linked. What happens is sometimes um, people people feel as if they some people drop get driven. Their drive is to have multiple partners and they don't know how to articulate that mm. um, some people it, it, it's connected like type up oh, perfect example tiger woods mm-hmm. when did tiger woods get bad at golf uh when, when most people are actually in their peak at golf he got bad after he got caught cheating mm-hmm. and they sent him to a sex therapist yeah what happened so Cheating was a part of his ritual. Go swing them clubs. Go swing that thing. You know what I mean? Go home. It was yeah. And when they when they took that away from him, yes. Mm-hmm. So a huge part of him was missing. I say they de- they defanged the tiger. Yes. <laughs> they took that's his teeth out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's crazy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they, they neutered him, and, yeah. and he, he lost the drive. Because that was a part that was, and that was something that was driving him, mm-hmm. and he lost the drive. Mm-hmm. So, how can he replace that thing, that thing that drove him, that was a part of his routine, and replace it, replace it with something else, and still be great? Mm-hmm. And that's something that he has to wrestle with as mm-hmm. we watch this unfold. But you watch the timeline, and you wow. can see that the moment that he went, they said he went to a sex therapist, and mm-hmm. he's got, he got everything together. Every since then, he lost he lost a bit of his edge because that was a part of who he was. Pastor Tillman, we we're running out of time right now. Yeah. We're just up against it, right? So, um, I, you know, the Bible says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." Which mm-hmm. is saying that if you have faith, you have something. 
So I just want to remind the audience that if you have faith, you have something. If you have faith, it's substance. You can walk on faith. Just like Peter walked on the water, you can walk on faith. Now, Pastor Tillman, I'm going to ask you to do something very special for us before we close out. I'm going to ask you to pray us out. No problem. Um, first of all, I'm going to have you guys on on my podcast. Thank you for inviting us. I look and, forward. Um, and I thank you guys for um, for for having this interesting conversation. And if any time you need me, whether it's for a segment, for a couple of minutes, mm -hmm. pre-record it, whatever you need, you have me and all of my resources. Lord Definitely. God, I thank you. Thank you for um, them stepping out on faith, putting together their wit and imagination and giving it to you to bless. You promised that you would bless the works of our hands. And we pray, oh Lord, that you would yield increase, increase in audience, increase in sponsorship, increase in listenership, increase in creativity. Don't make this a hardship, but make this a place of fellowship where people can have their answers, their questions answered. Because you answered our questions when we were dying in the need of sin. And then, oh Lord God, I don't just pray for this podcast. I don't just pray for the individuals that are putting it together. I pray for those that are listening those that may be listening at a later time, those that are going through depression, those who are coming out of depression, those who have lost loved ones, those who are trying to put the pieces of their life back together. I pray that you would wake them up in the middle of the night, that you would show them vision and that you would give them provision for the vision, that you would stir up the gift that's inside of them and allow their juices to begin to marinate and flow in the realms and levels of creativity. For creativity is in your hands. Breathe on us, O oh Lord, and we shall be breathed on. You promised that you would never leave us, and you promised that we were blessed because you have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Let us not look to the north, south, east, or the west. Let us not look to man, but we look to the hills from which come our help, knowing that our help comes from the Lord. I pray finally for those who cannot forgive themselves. Pray that they will remove the arrogance for you have promised that you've thrown our sin into the sea of forgetfulness. And if you can forgive us, then we cannot spit on your grave and not forgive ourselves. Let forgiveness fester and manifest in our heart. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be accepted in that sight. Yeshua, Messiah, Jesus' name I pray. In God and amen. 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 Thank you so much. And that's no problem. A Thank you. On Everything Podcast. Pastor Tim, on Everything. On Everything Podcast. I look forward to joining you on your podcast. We're going to be lit. Yes, we are. Walking Victory. Walking Victory is the name of the podcast. Um, I know you guys will be on there really soon. And urbanyogis.org for the uh, Yoga Family Challenge and One Ministries. Church. Come as you are. One hour. Peace, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's a wrap. <laughs>